0: We've been on this wonderful journey, love, learn, live. And so it's always been, we, we love the Word, we want to learn the Word, we've got to apply the Word, we've got to, we've got to fully put it into action. And so this morning, we, we want to try to see how living the Word could help us with, to deal with life. Because how many of you know that dealing with life and life challenges is is, is not so easy? And And so Scripture is there to help us to... To not only get to know a little bit more about um, what heaven is like, where we are going, and, and you know how we um, need to engage with God, but but Scripture is also there to help us to deal with life and to deal with it in such in a way, such a way that it could help us to be the light that God wants us to be. And so this morning, as I was preparing, I realized that. We've kind of slipped up a little bit on, on helping each other through this journey of reading through Exodus and Mark, and, and so we'll be sending out to WhatsApp. By the way, if you want to be informed about anything regarding church and, and be kept updated with regarding just communication from the office side, please just go and give us your, your, your details so that we can send you a WhatsApp message. We have a broadcast list that kind of is sent out as, as information is necessary, And we would like to, again, send out a Bible reading plan today that will start tomorrow, as um, Clive had said, that will help us read through the books of Exodus and Mark. And because we're on this journey, particularly with Mark, and Mark only has uh, 16 chapters, I I felt to take us on a journey this morning through the book of Mark to help us see how Mark and what Jesus experienced and, and what is written about Jesus through the book of Mark could help us to deal with life. But the reality is this. We are not in China and we're not going to be able to do it in a four-hour session. Because if we were in China, you would have been so happy for me to do this in four to six hours. Because guess this. They, when you preach in China and you do it in 45 minutes or even an hour, they say to you, okay, why do you want to stop? And in our Western context, we're so used to doing it in 35 or so minutes, and then we go home and we're like, that's it, great, we had something given. I wish we had four to six hours to actually journey extensively through the book of Mark and to help us just gather some things from it that could help us deal with life. I did that during this past week, and, and, I, and I found for myself, like 35 different points that I felt would be so relevant for us to help us deal with life and the challenges of life, just from the book of Mark 35, and I'm sure there are more that are very relevant for us to apply the word of God to live it appropriately and in a godly biblical way here in Zimbabwe at such a time as this, and anywhere else in the world for that matter. But because we're not in China. Mm -hmm. we can't do it in a four or six hour session we're going to have to try to do it in a shorter time so I'm going to shorten it to about 10 points and make available the full 35 to you and send it out on WhatsApp messages so that as we journey through Mark and read the book and Exodus then when you get to the various places you can see, oh wow, this is relevant in terms of what this point is alluding to so if you want to journey through Mark in that way, you're welcome to. So hence the introduction this morning was, <gasps> we're shortening 35 to 10. And uh, you, either you smile about it or you, you, you're unhappy about it, but you can't just be emotionless as you are at the moment. Seriously, come on. Just do something. Just smile or throw tomatoes at me, but do something, all right? Uh, nevertheless, I'm going to start with this journey and um, I'm going to just take you to so just 10 points from the 35 that I feel, I mean, I wish I could have done, um, but just trying to be concise and be honorable towards time. And so 10 it will be, and we may not even do all 10, because time will determine that. So the first one I, I would love for us to do, as we obviously start at the book of Mark, and, and, and I think it's just amazing just to see how God wants us to use Scripture to apply to our lives to not just manage but to not also survive but thrive in the midst of what we're going through and thank you for letting us come back into a state of the nation as it is i mean we spent three weeks away here and this is what you guys do i mean seriously i mean geez. thank you we love you so much great to be back first thing we saw was just queues in bite bridge and it wasn't for a passport control it was for fuel anyway it was great great to be back we actually so missed um, being away from, from Zimbabwe and, uh, and as we got news all the time of what's happening here People are like, oh, do you seriously want to go back? I'm like, yeah, I want to be back This is our place, this is our home and These are our people and we're privileged to be with you So as we look at Mark, we see the first thing that I want to introduce to you Is just simply that um, as, we, as we try to deal with life We've got to live under the pleasure of the Father Jesus did this You're going to see that that in chapter 1, and verse 9 to 11, where Jesus was baptized, the first thing that happens as He came out of the water, and, and this is something that we have often mentioned, I know, but I want to again reiterate that this morning, that if we want to deal with life and the challenges that we are facing, the first thing that you have to understand, that the Father is pleased with you. He was with Jesus. The first thing that he says about Jesus when he came out of the water, before Jesus did any miracles, before Jesus multiplied any food, before Jesus raised anybody from the dead, before Jesus literally said nothing or did in nothing, he just said, this is my son in whom I'm so well pleased. And we live in a world where we are so um, manipulated by performance that we constantly try to, to perform to others to, to receive their approval. And here we have Jesus receiving the approval of the Father before He did anything. And for us to, to live this life here on earth and to be effective and fruitful as God's people, we've got to live under the pleasure of the Father in heaven. And you and I need to understand the Father is pleased with you. You may this morning not be pleased with a lot that you have done and with who you are. And sometimes we are not even pleased with what we see in the mirror. And that's why sometimes we spend a lot of time <laughs> trying to change what we see in the mirror. Uh-huh. But you know, the Father is pleased with you. Because He created you to look the way that you look. And the behavior that you have had over years and not centuries, eh? it's not possible, but decades, may some of them you're happy with, some of you are of not so happy with. But you know what? The Father still pleased with you. And we've got to live under that pleasure to enable us to be what God wants us to be. That's this the beginning point of dealing with life and dealing with these curveballs that are thrown at us because there are some curveballs coming our way, isn't it? Like, whoa, I'm going to duck this one. I'm going to manage the next one. You've got to live under the pleasure of the Father, first of all. You've got to find your identity with the Father and know that the Father in heaven loves you unconditionally, my friend. And there's no other way, there's no other place to try to deal with life than in the presence of a loving Father who smiles over you. Not for what you have done, not for what you have become. And great job, Natasha, for becoming head girl of GC this week. How's that, hey? Amazing, amazing. Um, And just for all the other things that, that, that have been honored amongst us, I don't know, it's just maybe you were... Employee of the week this week. I don't know. Maybe I missed that. And maybe you turned 60. I don't know. And you missed that or 50. And, but nevertheless, the, the pleasure of people over us and the approval of people could never come close to the approval of our Father in heaven. And we've got to live under the shadow of that pleasure from heaven. And not run after the shadows of people coming over us and hugging and showing approval only. We cannot be dependent upon that people. We've got to be dependent upon the pleasure of the Father. And so we deal with life. You deal with your successes. You run to the Father and say, Father, thank you for what you've done. I don't deserve any of this. You have done it. And we run with our failures to the Father and say, Father, I've messed up. See what I've done again. I was, I was ungrateful. I was, I was unhappy. I was dissatisfied. I was, I was angry. I was selfish. I was sinful. But God, thank you that I'm not defined by that. I'm defined by your pleasure and your love for me. Folks, you've got to deal with life firstly by understanding how much He loves you. You've got to start there. Don't look at your resume. Don't look at your CV of successes and failures. Look at the the character of the Father and what He thinks about you. And if you don't know, you've got to find out. You've got to find out quick. And if you need help, ask. So living under the pleasure of the Father is where we start to deal with life. It's just one of thirty-five. Second thing I want to mention is it comes from chapter 2. And here in verse 18, there's a question about fasting and, and John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting and, and they came to Jesus and they, and they said, well, these guys are doing it and why aren't your disciples doing it, etc., etc. And, and so Jesus is, is answering them again in, a, in an incredible way and in such a way that people have no answers to give. I love the way in which Jesus talks to us, that he asks us questions. He often does. He doesn't answer our questions. He asks us. <laughs> so how's that when, when they ask him a question that he responds with a question? <laughs> the actual fact they say that if you count all the questions that Jesus asked, there are like 370 questions that he asked throughout the Gospels. So he, he answers us by asking us. So when we ask Jesus, where are you? He's like, he's asking us a question. Possibly, where are you? Not where am I? But where are you? Jesus asked that Father God did in the garden even. to Adam, where are you? Knowing where they are. And so this morning, maybe he's not waiting for your question, but he's waiting for your answer to his question of, where are you, my friend? How are you doing in the midst of all of this? Because we're like, Jesus, where are you in the midst of all of this? and, And all of these things that we're facing, maybe Jesus would be asking me, Vessi, where are you? How are you dealing with this? Are you coming to where you're supposed to be coming to? Are you getting answers and perspective from me? So Jesus does this in chapter 2. And he, and he finishes in, in, in the, uh, um, a couple of verses here. He says, The days will come, verse 20, when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and they will fast in that day. No one sews a piece of unstrung cloth in an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it. The new, one, the new from the old and the worst tear is made. And then he says, no one puts new wine into a new wineskin or to an old wineskin. If it does, the wine will burst the skins and the wine is destroyed and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. And I just want to say that we've got to be prepared. Dealing with life, we've got to be prepared to change your wineskin. The container of what you consider to hold what God is saying. The mindset that you and I have possibly need to change at such a time as this. And it's no more appropriate than very much the same time or the very time that we're in here in Zimbabwe. The mindset that you have and I have at this time possibly need a change in order for us to deal with life. There's, a, there's wine that God wants to pour out into our lives. And that wine is, a, is, is the reality of who Holy Spirit is. And, and, and so often in the Bible, when new wine is referred to, or wine, we, we often relate it to the work of Holy Spirit amongst us. And so Holy Spirit wants to come and, and manifest Himself and, and do a work amongst us. But the mindset that we have is an old wineskin, possibly. And the new wine and the new work that God wants to do and is busy doing amongst us cannot contain the work that He's doing because the mindset, the wineskin is old. The container will not be able to, come to have that and to receive it. And so possibly I want to suggest to you this morning that one of the ways in which we need to deal with life is we need to allow God to change the way we think. And not think like we did possibly in 2008 and 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 i know that that is a reality that we say well it's happening again and and what the future looks like is probably predetermined by the wineskin mindset that we have but we cannot do that we've got to deal with life within the context of a new wineskin and i want to challenge myself and us together to say, God, help me to have a mindset that will receive the work that you want to do right now in our lives and in my life. And not be constrained by an old pattern of thinking. And say, well, whatever will be, will be. No. We've got to live within this presence of God, with the pleasure of the Father, smiling over us and say, what is it that you want to say to me that is new, that my mindset needs to be adjusted to, so that I can receive it? And I want to encourage you, as you spend time in the Word of God, as we read together, as we spend time before God, maybe there will be things in our lives that need to be radically adjusted, so that we can receive what God is saying to us now. And old wineskins cannot contain the new wine that God wants to pour out amongst us. And there is so much that He wants to pour out. Because He has not neglected us. He has not forgotten. We're not lost on His list as it is in a normal country, list of countries. There's nothing like that. We cannot look at ourselves and, and feel despised and rejected. That's That's wrong thinking. That's not even an old wineskin thinking because it never should have been there. It's a wineskin that's not from God. And so if you think like that and, 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 and almost in a sense stop pitying ourselves. I, I realized yesterday, I was speaking to my brother on the phone and I said to him afterwards, man, old wineskin, old wineskin needs to change because I was saying and almost trying to let him almost have, have, have pity on us. For what we're going through and he didn't he was just involved in his world and telling me about what's happening there and like hey give me an opportunity I want to tell you what's happening here he's like oh this and all that and God spoke to me in that moment he said why are you trying to get his sympathy and pity well you know that I'm with you I'm like, god that's an old wineskin I gotta change my mind I gotta let your thoughts become my thoughts and not start pitying myself and, and, and let everybody uh, know that oh, what we're going through in Zoom is so bad and so rough. And it is, I understand. But why do we need Facebook to let people know? Just talk to God about it. Isn't it? Because that's what we see constantly in front of us. We just see it all the time. You go into social media and everybody just talks about it. And, and I understand and it's pictures of cues and it's pictures of this and pictures of that. And we're actually just saying, oh, look at us, world. Pity us! And we're not going to the Father and saying, God changed my wineskin so that I can understand and receive what you want to say to us at such a time as this. Because how will God speak unless His people listen? And praise the Lord for donkeys. And we had a few as we came up on Bight Bridge. But you know what? I ain't going to allow a donkey to... speak on God's behalf for me I want to be open for his voice I want to ask you to be open with us don't let a donkey listen to God and then let the voice of God be heard in this nation you and I need to be those wineskins that will receive the very Word of God the very fresh manna from heaven that will speak truth into this context and people need to hear the truth Now more than ever. We don't need to go around and tell the same old story. Because everybody knows it. It's like, I was there and I saw this. And did you hear that this happened? Oh, do you know that this is going to happen? and, And I think that the following is about to come our way. No! We need to say what the Spirit of the God, this new wine that wants to be poured out into our lives, can bring into this world and the change that it can bring about. And it needs new wineskins. And look at your friend and say, your neighbor, whoever is next to you, hey, wineskin, are you ready for the new wine? We're going to challenge one another. And some of you are like, wait, wait, wine, 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 dead. It's like, nah, just relax. Some of you got excited about that, hey, for the very wrong reason. Oh, my goodness. Shall we just repeat this point again? That it's not about physical wine. I wonder if there's any wine left on the shelves these days <laughs> It's great So in a sense, we can't go and look for wine You've got to receive the wine God's input into your life Boy, are we at point number two only We're going to do a China on you this afternoon, eh? It's afternoon meaning and faith What is wrong with that? Um, have you got a problem with that, um, Prince? Not a problem at all Prince says that's good the, the third thing I want to mention, and it just happens to be from chapter 3, um, is that in verse 10, or verse 20 rather, how's this, what happened in the life of Jesus? I just love these things and how it speaks to us. So we, we see the names of the 12 apostles given from chapter 3 and verse 13 onward, and then in verse 20, we see that... Um, the following happens, it says, and then he went home and the crowd gathered again and so that they could not even eat, people at home. He went home and the crowd people crowded, and, and, and so it kind of was a little bit uh, uncomfortable. Uh-huh. They couldn't even eat because there were so many people around. And see what happens here. Yeah. It says, and when his family heard it, say with me, family. family. Say it again, family. 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 Mm, you want to repeat that again? Family. family. Because what happens is that in dealing with love, we've got to handle opposition even from those closest to us. Because yeah, in verse 21 it says, And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him. For they were saying, He's out of his mind. <laughs> Who? What did you just say the word? Family. His family. His family said, This man is out of his mind. Whatever thought you may have had about Jesus' family, just saying, well done, that's our boy key. Go for it, Jesus. Yeah, you're doing the right thing. Excellent. No, no, it doesn't always happen that way. They eventually got to understand who this is and and the purposes of God upon Jesus' life. But yeah, they're just so upset with him. We just want to have a cool meal. We can't even do that. Because there's so many people around him, constantly just wanting Jesus' attention. You and I would have done the same. Either seeking his attention or being upset with people that are seeking his attention. Uh-huh. It's like, just chill. What does this think about Jesus? Should I have some sadzanyama? And now everybody's around. And they're saying, this guy is out of his mind. That's what they say about Jesus. And we've got to understand that in dealing with life, we would have opposition to the convictions that we carry and the life that we want to live, a godly life and pursuing God. And there would be people even close to us, family, with all due respect to family, (laughs) family, that will say you are out of your mind to still be in Zimbabwe. I'm not saying that if God says to you, do whatever, do. And if it's God, then do it. But if it's not God, and you're submitting to opposition and criticism being out of your mind, and making a call upon what people are saying you should do, that's wrong. And dealing with life, and dealing with everything in life, and not just Zimbabwe, because people all across the world, by the way, have issues that they've got to face. We're not unique here, All right? We've got unique situations, but we're not unique in terms of issues. And sometimes we think that. (gasps) Nobody else in the world. I mean, we just come from Canada. It's just amazing. Beautiful country. Uh, Beautiful scenery. Beautiful shops with everything that you can think of, you know? I mean, ten of each, and just packaged in such incredible ways that you like, you don't like the stuff, but you just want to buy it because it looks so good on the shelf. You know, it's like, I don't know what this is. I just want to buy it because look at the packaging, man. It's beautiful. Let's just get three of them. Oh, no, it's too expensive. Let's not. Um, point is, this just seems like everything is working. And, and sometimes it works so well that you don't need God. And that's the reality. I've even spent time with Cassandra's parents and stayed with them in their house. See, there's, there's, there's just so much that they have at their disposal. But they would recognize and agree that it can become so easy that you don't need God. And you live in a world where that's truly happening in our Western world, that we you don't need God. Stopped over in Germany, you see that too. We traveled to the Czech Republic, we see that even in those nations, previous um, communist countries, they've changed so much that they, they don't need God according to them the reality is, we do we do so we're not unique here in terms of what we're going through and we've got to understand that there will be opposition to the decisions that you and I make to pursue the God will for our lives the God's plan that you and I want to pursue and, and we as South Africans having moved up we're not unique in this you guys having gone through so much more than what we could ever understand are incredible in what you have decided. And some of you have returned, I know. And some of you have made some important decisions and still need to make and constantly in a sense on a daily basis are confronted with the decision to to be where God wants you to be. I pray God's grace upon you to make your call based on what Jesus says not on one family they say. And friends. Folks, be aware of the fact that we've got to deal with life. Away from from the opinions of men and women. We've got to deal with life in the context of God's input into our lives. And taken from scripture. That's why we read the Bible. That's why we love the Bible. We learn about God through the Bible but we live the Bible and we apply it. That's why Abram and his story is an inspiration to us because he left everything to go after what God had said to him to do. That's why Jesus, through the life of of the story of Mark, is an inspiration to us to see what he did so that you and I could live today. So our decisions are not about ourselves. Opposition you face and our face cannot determine our future. The will of God should. And taken from Scripture should be the main factor that determines our decision. So, it's a great, great thing to understand. We deal with life by handling opposition, even from those closest to us. Then in chapter 4, the fourth one, is, is in verses 21 to 23, where um, Jesus, again, he uses these wonderful stories and parables, and, and He says to, says to us, If a lamp is brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed, and and is it not brought in to to be on a stand? We don't bring a lamp in and hide it under a basket. For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. He says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. So The point I want to make is, is that we deal with life, but not going into hiding. Fourthly, I encourage you, don't go into hiding now. Deal with life by not going into hiding. Jesus uses a very simple story. He says, if this is a lamp, you don't put it under the basket or under the table, you put it on top, so that it can produce and be what it's supposed to be. Produce light, isn't it? The last thing you and I should do now is go into hiding. We deal with life by being present, by positioning ourselves where God wants us to be positioned, And say, God, if whatever you want to do with my life, use me in this way. I'll be your light. I carry your light. I am not the light. Jesus is the light. But Jesus' light shines in us and through us. And we don't go into hiding. And what what causes us to go into hiding? One of the things that causes us to go into hiding is despair and hopelessness and and frustration. And, and, And we just give up on life. I don't know. I mean, I'll go to work, but I'm not at work. I'll do what I need to do, but I'm not really there. My heart is not there because I actually have given up. I've given up on God. I've actually lost the understanding of the Father's pleasure over me. And so I don't really know if there's purpose for me. So maybe you are around. Maybe you're even present this morning, but you're absent. Maybe your heart is somewhere else. And with all the love of God that I can conjure up in me I want to plead with you don't run away and go into hiding because it's not just about you being a light it's about God wanting to shine in you who He is so that you can be the light sometimes being the light sounds like we've got to go do something but it's not doing the light it's being the light I cannot do light Okay, I'll shine (laughs) shine (laughs) I'm This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. It's like, oh, goodness, that's rubbish. But I want to shine. Shine for what? And so the attitude causes us to go into hiding. And some of us are sometimes in hiding because we've not accepted the pleasure of the Father. We've not accepted who He is and what He says about us. We've not accepted the truth about our future that is held up and, 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 and um, protected in His incredible sovereign will for our lives. We've let go of that and we go into hiding. And the faith that we ought to have in a faithless community in a world is no longer present. And so don't go into hiding, friends. Trust God. Live for God. Let the light of God shine in you and so through you. We live in a dark world. And you would say, yeah, well, even, yeah, it's more dark. No, it's not more darker somewhere else than anywhere else. Sin is sin, and darkness is darkness. Mm. Hey? Don't think that, I mean, we, we've just been in South Africa, and it's just the challenges that they face. And, and just, I heard a comment that Prince made of just going into a shop. Don't worry, it's a good one. It's <laughs> like, he's like, "Woo!" <laughs> just going into the shops in South, where you can go into the shops, people and are, people are friendly, and they greet you and I just heard a comment that you made Prince, of, nobody creates us here it's not like people live their own world and, and it's what the environment in South Africa has unfortunately done to people there's such a lot of animosity and fear amongst people that they, that they don't reach out to one another, we have something different here come on we've got we to embrace that and, and celebrate that and, and, and thank God for it and, and not go into hiding because of what I perceive and what I think and what has happened to me Let's come out of our hiding places and and face this world in the name of Jesus and, and be the light that God wants us to be and present a way to deal with life to people because none of us as believers of Jesus and the followers of this great King ought to be in hiding. So I plead with you. If whatever has happened to you has caused you to be in some form of a hiding and disappointment and failure and And hopelessness has caused that to you. My friend, that we are a family. We want to reach out to one another and say, come on. Come out of the hiding that you're finding yourself in. Maybe you think that nobody is aware of it. But actual fact, people around you are crying out for you. Because you're in hiding. And what does that often do? It often disconnects us from one another. It disconnects us from the purposes of God. It disconnects us eventually from God because we're like, God, you carry on. I'll be here. I don't want to be part of what you're doing. And church is there for us to help one another out of hiding. So please, if the current situation, for instance, is becoming so overwhelming to you that you're kind of just veering back into your little spot where you think nobody can see you, you just don't want anything to do with people. This is not part of God's plan for us. God's plan is that we reach out. There's a wonderful story that Jesus said about the one that went in, not in hiding, but he got lost. The one sheep. And he said, I'm going to stop everything to go and look for that one. And part of our responsibility as a church and our obligation towards one another is to see who's trying to hide. And I ask of you to help us find people that are in hiding reach out look out for people look out for ones that are somehow just they're trying to to do it on their own to manage on their own and we just cannot we just cannot fifthly and probably the last one that I'm gonna have time to share with you this morning is uh, still in chapter 4 where Jesus teaches us something so beautiful about having to face storms but not let storms be inside of us but in Mark chapter 4 and also Mark chapter 13 we are encouraged to, to face storms but keep the peace and in verse 35 we, the well known story where Jesus was with his disciples uh, on the boat and, uh, and a great windstorm arose and waves were breaking into the boat but that says Jesus was asleep in the midst of all of this and the disciples were kind of like out of their mind I guess thinking, geez, thanks so much I was like, you, we're facing all of these things, you're sleeping but you know what, the storm was outside there but there was no storm inside of this man called Jesus he kept his peace he kept the focus. And he was asleep. He wasn't oblivious to people's needs. Because i mean, surely this is Jesus. He knows everything. <laughs> but he could sleep in the midst of a storm. And uh, we've got to ask ourselves a question, how are we sleeping in the midst of our storms? And forget about Zim. Just life. Just the storm of life that we're facing. It was a horrific accident, and Yonke and Cassandra drove up two days ago on Friday. They were delayed massively on the highway in South Africa. A truck burst its tire, and it ran across the road into the oncoming traffic on the highway, and it killed 26 people. And um, in the midst of that, I read the story of a couple from Polokwane. They were traveling down to see their children they were at school in Pretoria, and they were killed. Two kids, 14 and 15-year-old. Instantly killed parents. And you can imagine there's a storm going on in that family at the moment. So we face storms, eh? We face various storms in life. And there there was a minibus, uh, a 22-seater, head-on with the bus or the truck. And all people inside were killed. And 22 different lives, maybe 22 different families' lives who are now in great, great storm. How do we handle those storms? As we go to the one who can be asleep in the midst of a storm and not ignorant and not, not, um, not mindful of those who are facing great storms, but he could speak peace into the midst of a great storm. And we deal with life by facing storms, because storms are there. Amen? They are there. I don't know what storm you may face this coming week. I want to tell you that the one who calms the storm, is going to be with you in the midst of the storm. And His name is Jesus. You deal with life by running to Him. Facing storms. Not trying to hide away. Maybe if I hide, then no storms could affect me. It ain't going to happen. This is life. We've got to deal with it. But we see in Scripture that, that the way in which we deal with life and the way in which we deal with these storms is we go to the one who, who speaks to us words of calmness, words of affirmation (coughs) words of peace words of comfort words of direction in the midst of any storm we may face and so friends keep your peace face the storms but keep your peace know the peacemaker he's the one that brings peace into any given situation he's a five of thirty five and each one of them speaks about something in particular that God wants to use to enable us to deal with life. I want to encourage you, over the next couple of weeks, as we journey through, through the book of Mark and Exodus, I would make all of these available, and it's not my thoughts, it's from Scripture. It's just simple things that you and I can hold on to, like handles to help us deal with life, and particularly right now where we are. We need the, um, the stability and the security of the Word of God in our lives to help us deal with life and not just survive, but thrive in the midst of that. So can we pray? Jesus, we want to thank You that Your Word it's so powerful. I'm just astounded, Lord God, that we can um, we just open up a portion of scripture, a book like we've done, and put on certain lenses and say, speak to us about how we ought to deal with life from your perspective. And then suddenly, these things, they just explode in front of us. And we start realizing how many ways, Lord God, you offer us to just simply guide our lives in the midst of those very storms and issues, oppositions that we may face, challenges. Now thank you for the beauty of your word. God, I want to pray for us as a family that at such a time as this, we will become even more desperate to grab hold of you and your word And let your word guide us. I pray, Father, that it will so radically affect our lives that whatever we're going through at the moment will produce something so sweet unto you. God, the the challenges, the situation in our lives, the situation in this country, I pray that it will cause us to become so dependent upon you And so form more of your Son in us that we will be a sweet-smelling aroma unto you first and unto a world that is desperate to know you. I trust you for it, Father. I pray your grace upon us, Jesus. I pray right now, even Holy Spirit, that in our hearts there will be a longing to grab hold of what you want to say to us at this time. I pray for new wineskins, Lord God. pray, Holy Spirit, as you want to pour out yourself upon your people, I pray, God, that there will be a willingness to say, change me, change the way I think, so that I can receive your input, your perspective, your guidance. Father, I trust you for it. I really do, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. We... At this moment, we just in the, in the quietness of this moment, Lord, we to recognise, as we sang earlier on, how much we need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. I need your input. I need your perspective. I need your word in my life. God, I trust you for it. Pray that upon us as a church, Jesus. Upon the church of Zimbabwe. Trust you for it. Thank you, Father. I want to encourage you with something At the end um, on Friday, Clive and I just caught up a bit and uh, he shared with me just a story of what um, he felt to do. As he was reading through Exodus, he was challenged to do something practical. Um, uh, and, And I'd love for you just to come and share that quickly. Would you mind? And out of that, I want to encourage us just to consider something. So why don't you just quickly share with us that Clive.
1: Yeah, um, as Vici said on Friday, uh, as I was reading the book of Exodus, I was now in Exodus 12, and it got in the the reading uh, program. So I just rushed and just reading uh, Exodus 12. I came to a point where it talks about the Passover, how God how God came. Um, he said to to Moses, and Moses said to the people, uh, "Do something practical. Take the blood of a lamb and." put it on the doorpost and, uh, and eat the, the body of the lamb. And um, uh, that will be a sign for you, not for God, but a sign for you. Um, and when I see that, that's what God says, when I see that, I will pass over and the destroyer will not destroy you. And um, as I sat there, uh, I was by myself in the office. Um, all of a sudden, I just thought, what is... Uh, what can I do, or or it is just well, what well, what's practical that I can do, uh, having read that because it really stirred me up, and um, that that was um, as I said uh, uh, earlier on that that was the day after I'd received a picture of facing seeing something big here was uh, you're missing the point here, so all of a sudden I, I felt communion. Let me do communion, and um, and. Uh, I was by myself in the office and guys came in to the office and I say to them, there are now plenty of people in the office uh, doing their printing and I said, guys, uh, close the door, we're having communion. Um, and uh, and the, the, yeah. the last customer, which was in the middle of the day, the last customer we served walked out and, we, and the guy said, are you serious? And I said, yes, I'm serious, we're having communion and we closed the door and we just went and bought a packet of biscuits and um we just bought juice and we just poured uh, and had communion right at that moment and um that that's that's uh it, it may it may seem like that's uh, some gimmick that we can do but i i, I feel like uh, we we should take that into our workplaces and in 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 our homes this week i think we should all do that not do it here but Wherever we are, whether we're at home, just take bread, break it with your family, because we, what I believe is going to happen and is happening, and it's not because of the bread and the and the juice or whatever. It's 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 a sign for you to know that God, you are in a covenant relationship with God, and that that, that means that um, God, when when Melchizedek met uh, uh, Abram, he he brought bread and wine, and he. He uh, announced himself or greeted Abram in, in this uh, uh, greeting. He blessed him and he said, "Blessed be Abram, the possessor of heaven and earth." And he said, "Blessed be your God, who has given your enemy into your hand." So that's that's a reminder that the blood and the body of Christ that was shed on the cr- on the cross is just a reminder to me, and just reminding God that we have a covenant. Uh, Even if I'm in a fuel queue, I have a covenant with you. Even if things are going, uh, are running out of the store, I have a covenant with you. Um, The Bible says in Acts uh, 27, and this is the last uh, scripture I'll give you, is Acts 27, as they were going to, uh, uh, Paul had asked to see uh, um, uh, Caesar, and because he had asked to see Caesar, he he was, he, was told, he was told, okay, you can go to Rome, and as he was going to Rome, he came to a point where, where in Acts 27, he says, listen guys, where we are going, I perceive there's going to be a loss of not only property, but a loss of, of uh, life, and, uh, and, and I must say, the church said it in, in 2016 that... In, uh, where we are going at the bond note, where there is going to be a loss of s- of certain property, um, and but still people continued. So, so sometimes we're in the in the midst of a storm, not because of of God judging us, but because of simple bad management. And because we are in that storm, it's up to us as believers to take a stand and do something. Uh, um, then Paul says. I told you, it comes a point when, when they, they, they've been tossed to and fro and they, they let them, so the ship go, um, uh, just uh, how the nation has just gone with the rates and stuff like that. But he says, I told you this was going to happen. But, but an angel appeared to me last night and he said, I will see Caesar. and But the people that are with me will be saved. And we, right now, are are the people that God is going to save the nation because they are with us. And by doing, uh, taking communion with people that we do not know, I know people will say take communion only with people who are saved, but Paul does something strange. He takes bread and he breaks it in the storm. These people probably were not born again, but he breaks it and gives thanks to God. And when he breaks it, 14 days later, they, are, they find land and they are all saved. So my encouragement is this. This week, do something. Take bread, take a bun, take biscuit, break it with somebody that you, uh, that's at home or a, at work. Uh, take a uh, juice and remember the covenant that God has with you. And um, uh, I'm, I'm very sure that you will see the hand of God working in your life and and protecting you through the storm. Excellent.
0: Thanks, Clyde. That's very good. I think it's just a practical way in which we want to encourage you. We actually try to get some biscuits that we could hand out that are wrapped um, to each one of you and to take with you as just a symbolic encouragement to take something with you to go and break bread wherever you feel God would lead you to. Uh, We just couldn't get that uh, for various reasons. But um, the point is, I think the encouragement is still there. Um, go and, and be something of hope and express it. As, as, as Clive said, even if people don't understand it, it's a testimony out there. So may you be encouraged. And I want to ask you, as you go out, and I, I want to be challenged to do it myself, and it's comfortable at home, it's easy there. I want to, God, where else can I do it so that I can just bring some form of hope to people? Why don't you just bring your stories? Bring your stories, and let's celebrate those stories of what God would have let you go and do, Um, and just use that to bring good news into our our context because we need that, we need more good news amen, and there's so much opportunity out there to let good news come our way, so God bless you thank you for being here this morning it's great to see you all and have a great week